Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey there, moms. It's so good to be with you today. I'm afraid I have a bit of a cold, so I hope I don't sound too strange to you today. We are going to do our May M&M. I'll be right back to unpack Psalm 145. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay. Boy, I still sound like I'm singing bass this time. So sorry about that. It's just the way spring goes here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's been gloriously hot. And if you know me, you know I really love... There's just no denying it. I really do love hot weather. I love the mid-80s up. I mean, that is really my happy place. And so a couple of weeks ago here, we had that, and it was awesome. And then now we don't. (laughs) I'm actually recording this on a really rainy 60-degree day, and I just spent a few days in D.C. visiting my grandkids and spending some time with my daughter and my daughter-in-law, and I brought home a brutal cold. And so I do feel like my, I'm a little out of my head today. I'm very lightheaded and I feel like I can sing bass, but I am not going to sing bass for you. Nope, nope, nope. Today our focus is our May M&M 
and we're going to be looking at Psalm 145. So just off the bat, before we get going too far, this is the last Psalm of David in the book of Psalms is Psalm 145. And I just want you to remember who wrote this Psalm as we're going through it today. I'm actually going to read the whole thing out loud to you. We know from scripture that there's a special blessing when we read the word of God aloud. So I don't feel like it's ever a good idea to pass up an opportunity to read out loud God's word. And moms, I really want to encourage you to spend time doing that with your littles. Do that in your family. Do that with your husband. Participate with that at church. We need to be reading the word of God out loud. And so I'm going to read it out loud. But again, I want you to remember all that you know about David and his life arc. David's story is not neat. I mean, it's amazing how God wrote into his holy narrative, his word. He used all kinds of broken people, all kinds of people with issues and dysfunction and dishonesty and people who denied the truth and ran in the wrong direction and refused to obey and, in fact, rebelled. And David's one of those people, and yet he is considered a man after God's own heart, and I'm going to say to you, I think we get an insight into why he's called that today in this psalm. He's also called the man, the high king of Israel. There were three kings of the United Kingdom, Saul, who had no heart, David, who had a whole heart, and Solomon, his son, who had a half heart. And you can study more about that in the Word in Motion curriculum that I wrote, and you can study it with your kids. But the point is, when we have messianic prophecy in the Old Testament over and over, what's prophesied is that the Messiah will carry on the throne of David, right? Because God promised David that his kingdom would never end. And the fulfillment of that is Christ in the New Testament. And yet... And yet, and this is super good news, right? And yet, David was a sinful man. Um, You can go back to Psalm 51 and read that when he's confronted by the prophet Nathan about his sin, his very real sin with Bathsheba and everything that he did to cover it up, including just gross, blatant, flat-out denial, right, of anything that he had done. And yet... In Psalm 51, I'm just going to suggest to you, you see another reason why David is referred to after a man's own, after God's own heart. And just, you know, spoiler alert here as we're getting going today, I believe maybe a couple of the reasons, maybe not all of the reasons, but I think at least two of the reasons that God, maybe not all of the reasons, but at least two of the reasons that David is referred to as a man after God's own heart is seen in these two Psalms. In Psalm 51, we see that David gets the serious nature of sin. David gets that sin inhibits our relationship with God. In fact, it breaks our relationship with God. In fact, a holy, mighty God cannot be where sin is. Leviticus 19.2, you hear me quoted a ton because I think it's core to the entire biblical narrative. 
God says, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We are called by God to be holy, to be like he is. And we know that fundamentally God is completely other. He is separate. He's transcendent, right? And God invites us to lean into the sanctification, the transformation power available to us through the Holy Spirit. And to become like him, to become different and holy as we go through and cooperate with the sanctification and transformation process that is ours in Christ. So in Psalm 51, we see David acknowledge his sin. We see David acknowledge the seriousness of sin. And we see David in Psalm 51, repent, repent. And that's something that we don't talk about very much anymore in the modern day church. In fact, if you want to back up the bus just a little bit, we don't even want to talk about sin in the modern church. But here's the deal. First of all, I want to say if you are attending a church that refuses to discuss the reality of sin and our sin nature and that we are broken and that we are without any hope at all because we're sinners and because of our sin, we are separated from a holy, mighty God. If you're in a church that just wants to tell you all the time that you're okay and nothing's wrong and you are good, you do you, then you need to run, right? You need to be in a Bible teaching church that regularly discusses the seriousness of sin. Because look, if we don't have a sin nature, we have no need for a savior. The reality is our acknowledging our sin nature and our position as sinners, infinitely separated from a holy God, points us to the need of Jesus Christ crucified and by the power of God resurrected on the third day. That's what we see in Psalm 51. So go back and study that over against that in tandem with that. Again, I think another reason why David is referred to as a man after God's own heart is seen here in Psalm 145. And that is this, David gets who God is. And even before we start today, I want to ask you, do you get who God is? Do you get it? Because what we see here in Psalm 145 is a man who gets who God is. And what we're going to look at is what is the result of him getting who God is. Because David already, as we see in Psalm 51, gets who he is. Okay, so in a way that's step one. But it's not enough because if we only think of ourselves as worthless worms and sinners and we don't get who God is, I mean... How despairing is that, right? And I'm going to suggest to you today that there are many people on the planet today who get that they're broken. And because they don't get God or because they've rejected God, guess what? They're despairing. Because without God, without the gift of his son and the person of Jesus Christ, you have no hope. None. Zero. Zilch. I mean, none at all. But what we see in this psalm today is a man who gets who God is. And I want to challenge you to dare to lean in and listen to this psalm. I'm going to read it aloud. I'm reading it from the NASB. 
in my bass voice today with all of my congestion. We're pushing through together. I'm going to read it, and I want you to hear the heart of this man. This man who realizes he's a sinner, who has made this amazing act of repentance in Psalm 51, who watched the sheep out underneath the stars, who wrote many, many psalms that we have today, who was the high king of the United Kingdom, right? And I could go on and on with all of the brokenness in David's life. But again, he got what sin was. And he got who God was. And that made all the difference. Listen up. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on the wonderful works I will meditate. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts and I will tell of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bound down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call upon him and all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord keeps all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. Oh my goodness. When we come back, we're going to unpack this just a little bit more. And I just want to remind you before this first break that you can go over to rachelcarmen.com and download a study guide that will take you even deeper. I'll be right back. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. 
Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. All right. Did you hear it? Did you hear in that psalm as we were reading it, a man who gets who God is? Did you hear his excitement? Did you hear that it's just welling up inside of him? He just can't keep still or silent about who he knows God to be. And I want to suggest to you today that that's truth. I want to suggest to you today that when you get who God is, you can't keep still or silent either. You can't not declare in the same enthusiastic way that the psalmist David did right here, every day in word and deed and action and attitude toward your fellow man, toward God himself, toward your spouse, toward your children, toward your neighbor. This is what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Fundamentally, both of those rest on the idea that you get who God is. Because when you get who he is, it makes all the difference. And that's what we see right here in this psalm. Our key word for this psalm is testify. Testify who God is. And we see here a man, David, who gets who God is. So I'm just going to break this down a little bit for you and go through several different things. I want to show... First of all, I see here, and this is going to vary. I'm just going to say at the beginning... Several of the things that I'm going to go over today are going to vary based on the translation you study in, but it's still applicable, right? But if you use the NASB, I'm using an NASB, it's going to track easier. And that's what the PDF is based on that you can download over at rachelcarmen.com. But if you look in the ESV or the NIV, there's going to be a little differentiation, but the theme is the same. And so what I want to look at, first of all, is this idea of testify, this idea that David is, I can almost envision him like jumping up and down, just like, let me tell you, let me tell you. And he says here, he promises one, two, three, four, five, six things that he's going to do as the psalmist. He says, I will extol you. I will extol you, God, my king, he says. I will bless your name. I will bless you, David says. I will praise your name. I will meditate. And boy, that really hits home for us, right? Because this whole series in the Psalms is memorize and meditate. This is our M&M series. The whole idea is that we would marinate, that we would meditate, that we would, dare I say, memorize the word of God so that it's in us right? Because that's the transformational power of the word of God is that it's in us, right? And right here in this Psalm, David says, I will meditate on what? Your majesty and your works. In other words, David is saying, I'm going to think these things over and over and over. These are the things that are going to roll around in my head. These are the things I'm going to contemplate. These are the things that are going to consume me. And at the risk of chasing a squirrel, I'm just going to tell you right here is a pivotal point in all of our lives. Oh, that we would meditate on the majesty and the works of God. Oh, that we would give our minds over to focus on the things of God. That's what fueled all of this excitement and praise that we see throughout this psalm here by David. It's what he's thinking about. 
what he's focused on, what he's contemplating, what's rolling around in his head. It's so easy today to be distracted by a million things that, let me just announce this boldly, a million things that don't matter, that don't matter. And the invitation throughout Scripture from beginning to end is that we would meditate and memorize and marinate and contemplate and think about the things of God, the things that have eternal value, that those would be the things that are in our head that are rolling around all day long. Furthermore, the psalmist says that I will tell of your greatness. I'm going to tell people that you're amazing. I'm going to tell people that you are great. I'm going to tell people, David says. He promises. And the last thing I have here in the NASB is I will speak. I'm going to speak praise. I'm not going to speak complain. Mm. I'm not going to whine. No. I'm not going to be negative. No. I'm not going to be critical. No, 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 no. That's not what David says. David says right here, I'm going to speak your praise. What we see here in the promises of David, just this first point right here, is David is focused. He's focused. And oh, that we would intentionally determine that we would be focused, not on ourselves, not on ourselves, but on God. And that's what we're seeing here in the life of David is David is focused. And this is, he gets who God is right? He's thinking about God and he's telling other people what he knows to be true. He's telling other people. When? Every day. Twice it says every day. And at the end it says forever and ever. When are we to do these things? When are we to testify? When are we to praise him? Every day. Every day. This kind of behavior, this kind of testimony is not supposed to be relegated to a Sunday or some sort of an evangelical outreach. No, 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 no. This is how we're called to live. Why? Because we get who he is. Because he's our father. He's our king. The sovereign of the universe. You know, if we believe that's true, then we'll tell people. Right? And that's what we see David saying here. Look, I get who he is, and because I get who he is, I got to tell people. People got to know. And then next, why? It says in verse three, because the Lord is worthy. You are the Lord, and you are worthy. You are Lord, and you're worthy. David's like, why do I do this? Because of who you are, and because other people need to know. We've talked about this before here on the podcast that we were made to worship, made in God's image. We were made to worship. We are not little images of God. We are not little gods. Again, if that's what's being preached at your church, run, do not walk. We are not little gods. We are created in God's image to honor and serve him. It's about him. In fact, so much so that I want you to notice if you dare to mark in your Bible or again on the PDF, you can actually mark that up if you want to print it out. I want you to notice how many yours in reference to God are in this psalm. This psalm is not about David. Look, the Bible is not about you. (laughs) The Bible is about God and his goodness and his mercy and his grace. That's what the Bible is about. And it is in that goodness, mercy, and grace that he sent his son 
because he is a loving God. And he wanted to make a way for you to come back into relationships with him so that you could spend eternity with him in heaven. This psalm isn't about David. It's about God. You can go through and find these specific verses. I've marked them down in my notes, but I don't want to waste time chasing that right now. But it talks about your name. That's three times. Your greatness, your works, your mighty acts, your majesty, your goodness, your righteousness, your mercies, your godly ones, your kingdom, your dominion, your power, your hand, your ways, and your deeds. This psalm is about who God is. David is jumping up and down. You are an awesome God. You are worthy. And here's all of these things that do what? Point to you, oh God. And David's calling them out, calling our attention to all of these wondrous things, all of these truths about God. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. He wants to make sure we don't miss this. And then if you go over to verse 12, let me read verse 12 again to you, because I think this is the purpose statement of the whole psalm. And that is to make known your godly ones, it says in the previous two verses, your godly ones shall bless, shall speak, and shall talk. Why? To make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. In other words, David is saying here, your people, your chosen ones, your sons and daughters, heirs to your kingdom, you know what they're going to do? They're going to point other people to you because that's what we do. Because we're yours, David says. This is what we do. We point other people. We want other people to see your mighty acts. And I just want to say to you today, I'm not just talking Old Testament. I'm not just talking New Testament. I'm talking to you, listener, you personally. When is the last time you recounted the mighty acts of God in your life? Because I promise he's done some amazing things in your life. Yes, we need to be able to recount the Old Testament wonders and the glorious things that God has done throughout the New Testament through the miracle signs of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and then on through the apostles, right? God has done amazing things, and I'm grateful for the biblical narrative to have those things, but he still works wonders. He still does amazing things. Are you paying attention to the amazing acts, the wondrous acts that he's doing in your life. And are you daring to share with others what God is doing, what you can't account for, what you know is above and beyond anything that you could take credit for? Because God is at work. God is at work. And those things that happen in our lives, those evidences of personal touch, those evidence of provision, those instances of his faithfulness and his healing power on occasion, the peace that he gives that transcends all understanding, all of that, all of that is so that you and I will have a testimony to share with other people and say, let me tell you what God did. Just let me tell you, because it's not about us. Look, the next time you hear someone give their testimony, if it's more about them than it is about God, there's a problem with that. Our testimony has got to be about what God did. 
how he brought it all to pass, how he reconciled, restored, and redeemed, because that's what he's in the business of doing. That's who he is. And right here, the psalmist says, the whole point, the whole point of all of this, of praising you and testifying to you, is to make known your mighty acts, that you are an active God that moves in the hearts and the minds and the affairs of men, and that your kingdom is majestic. That's the point. That's the point. Now, I don't want you to miss how active God is in this psalm too. Again, I had the privilege and the blessing of being under several really great Bible teachers. And one of the ones that I learned this from, I just am so grateful. And that is the importance of verbs in scripture. And in this passage, we see this whole list of things that God is doing. Okay. So there's a list of things that ongoing he's doing. And then there's a list of four things that he will yet do. Okay, so this that already done, ongoing, still happening all the time, and then yet will do. So here's the list of the things that God does for his people. He sustains. He sustains, it says in verse 14, he sustains all who fall. All those who fail. Have you fallen or failed? Have you misstepped? Have you wandered away? It says here that the Lord sustains you. Continuing in verse 14, he raises up all who are bound down. All of us who get discouraged, when we're discouraged, he raises us up. He raises us up. It says in verse 15, he gives them their food in due time. On time. God is always on time. He's never late. Just for the record, he never works on my clock. But he's never late in his perfect timing. And 16, it says he opens his hand. And continuing in 16, it says he satisfies the desire of every living thing. It's remarkable. If you go then over to verse 20, it says that the Lord keeps all who love him. You are kept by the Lord. That's what the psalmist David writes here. That You are kept by him. That is just beautiful. See, when you get who God is, when you remember what he's already done, and you anticipate what he is yet to do, this world is not our home. All of those things, all of those relationships that you want reconciled, all of those things that you want restored, we don't get that all here. But we have the promise of consummation. We have the promise of ultimate restoration, ultimate reconciliation. We have that promise. Just because it's not here, we get it there, right? But you and I have got to be mindful. You and I have got to dare to get who God is and all of his attributes. Let me just go through this psalm and just speak out in order, and this is not exhaustive, But as I go through this psalm on the right-hand side of my printed-out copy, I just wrote all of the truths of God that come out through this. He is God, King, Great, Transcendent, Creator, Majestic, Awesome, Righteous, Holy, Gracious, Merciful, Patient, Kind, Good, Creator, Sovereign, Glorious, Powerful, Eternal, Ruler, 
provider, source, sanctification, righteous, kind, present, attentive, faithful, savior, keeper, just, worthy. That's who your God is. And he invites you and I to get to know him through seeking him, time on our knees, time in his word, time in creation, seeking him through conversation. We refer to it as prayer. Just asking him, Father God, I want to get to know you. Would you teach me who you are? You know, there are a list of prayers that never go unanswered, and that would be on that list. God, teach me who you are. Teach me who you are. I want to know you. I want to understand who you are. God will answer that prayer when we dare to seek who he is. What are some of the things in according to verses 19 and 20 that he's yet to do? It says he will fulfill. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will hear their cry and he will save them. Um, and all, sorry, and all the wicked he will destroy. And finally, all the wicked he will destroy. See, God is just. Things aren't fair here. They're not. Good is often punished. Evil sometimes wins, but it is only temporary here because we serve a just God. And ultimately, wickedness and evil will be destroyed because Jesus is a victor. Jesus is victor. I love the hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King, and this psalm reminded me of that one. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Thou sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam, oh, praise him, oh, praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're a regular listener, you know how much I love the hymns. Sometimes in our darkest, deepest valleys, when everything seems like it's in a swirl, when the storm is raging, when it just seems like we're somewhere that we do not recognize and we don't know how we got here, the best thing I know to do, hear me, the best thing I know to do is start praising him, to lean in and praise him. That's what we see in this psalm, Psalm 145, is this open invitation. David is saying, you want to know how, here's how. You want to know who, here's who. You want to know what he's done, here's what. Do you want to know when, here's when, every day, all the time, forever and ever. This psalm is an invitation to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords because he is worthy. If things are hard for you right now, would you dare to look up? Would you dare to seek him? Instead of splicing and dicing the problem again, instead of embracing defeat and despair, would you dare to lift your head and look up and focus on the one who is above it all, the sovereign king of the universe? It is not out of control for him. It's not. Would you dare to trust him? Would you dare to get to know him? What pointers are in your life 
that you can look back on. If you need to ask him, God, remind me of your goodness and your faithfulness. Remind me of those times. Because I'm going to tell you, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he does not. Your enemy of your soul does not want you to remember, much less recount the goodness of God in your life. And you need to dare. You need to dare to spend some time, be still and know, and remember and recount the goodness of God in your life. I want to dare you to ask him to show off to you. And I'm not talking about asking him for a Mercedes Benz or a home in Aruba. I'm talking about just daily, just showing off in his majesty, perhaps a sunlight, a sunset. Just perhaps something glorious in creation. Or maybe a word of encouragement from someone else. In a small thing, I'm not talking about treating God like a bellboy because he's not. He's already done for you all that you could ever need for him to do in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay our sin debt and extend to us forgiveness and give us the hope of heaven. No, I'm asking, I have asked God, no, I'm suggesting that you ask God to remind you of his goodness because I would suggest to you God is in the business of showing off. And it's in the little things that we are prone to miss because we're distracted by the things of this world. Oh, that we would dare to seek and know him. Oh, that we would dare to praise and testify to his goodness. Listener, I want to encourage you, no matter where you are, no matter where on the road or the journey, in the darkest valley or the highest mountain, I want you to take time today to testify to the goodness and the glory of God after the example of Psalm 145 and David, he is worthy. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.